I'm very sure you have an important life, but whatever you are doing, stop and pay attention. It's the afternoon, a podcast with Brent and Robbie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to invite you to come along on a journey with me. A journey with the Afternooner Sports Podcast. My name is Billy. With me, as always, is Brent. That is some mood-setting introduction. I want to congratulate you on that. That was good. Thank you, Brent. Uh, Like I said, I was going to shoot from the hip, because when you said, Billy, are you ready to do the introduction? Are you doing it just like Robbie used to do it? And I said, I haven't thought about that, Brent. You don't need to think about it. Well, but you said... Do you want some choo-choo train sounds? And then we went into that choo-choo train bit for about 45 seconds. I appreciate you not questioning that I called it a choo-choo train because there was no reason for me to call it a choo-choo train other than the fact that I have kids so that every train is still a choo-choo train in my mind. Do any of your kids still call it a choo-choo train? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, does Flora call it a choo-choo train? Uh, make sure you beep her name out there because I like to keep my family's privacy private flora 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 it's fine all you after gooners are hearing is beep beep (laughs) beep or maybe choo 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 uh flora robbie is not here with us today he has gone back to consumers actually or he's in prison for murdering ted or he's in prison it's honestly going back to work at consumers being in prison i don't know if it's that different I think the wages are a little different. You saw Shawshank Redemption, right? I have seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I, I thought I didn't know if you were going to call attention <laughs> to that, but you did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> favorite that's, is that your favorite prison movie? Uh, well, that's a really niche category to create. So, really? are there a lot of prison movies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, like what? Escape from Al- Alcatraz. I don't think I've seen. Birdman it. from Alcatraz. I haven't seen it. The Rock. Um, that's with Sean Connery, though. Yeah, it is, and Nicolas Cage. And The Rock. Yes, Papillon with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen. I love Dustin Hoffman. The Great Escape with, I mean, it's a it's a prison camp, but I think that counts as a prison movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. What's the one? Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke, so that's not a, well, that's a, that's pri- a prison that's movie. That's a prison he's movie, working, yeah. He's on a chain gang, mm-hmm. yeah. See, I, it, that's a genre. Well, I've seen two that you've named. Uh, so yes, Shawshank Redemption is... My favorite prison movie. So uh, I thought we should talk about this. I uh, was on a run yesterday. We mm-hmm. are preparing for the St. Jude Marathon and mm-hmm. Half Marathon. It's, it's a month away. Well, we have a couple 5Kers, too. Yeah, but they're, they're not here. I mean, I just want to include everybody. They, they, I want, don't need, they don't need to be included. Because they don't have to prepare anything. I think they're still running. Possibly. I think one of them's rolling. Like one of them is literally rolling is that in a wheelchair. Happening? That's happening. Okay. He's rolling in a wheelchair. So I was on a run, a how long many, run. How many miles is it that now? It doesn't matter. I'd it, like to know. 20. That's great. Yeah. I'm on this long run, and it's it's not good weather. It's hailing. It's been raining. And there's an, a woman who walks out. She's close to elderly. Go on. And, <laughs> and she's... <laughs> Wearing basically a bathrobe as she goes across the street to get her mail. What color was her house? 
I actually don't know. The bathrobe um, was black. Oh, okay. I'm picturing a yellow house. Possibly. I could take you to the house. Uh, yeah, she- sure. <laughs> right now. We'll be right back. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> so she's walking across the street with a cigarette in between her fingers. Okay. And she's, she looks at me. What time is this? Just like time of day? I'm sorry. This but- is probably three in the afternoon. Okay. So I mean, I don't know that it was a bathrobe. I was not feeling good in that moment. It was leisure clothes. It was definitely not I'm going out to paint the town red clothes. Sure. Yeah. So she gave me a look. Like yeah. She gave me a look, not of scorn, but like as... As though I were wearing puppies for shoes. Like, she just oh, couldn't that... understand. Yeah, there was part horror in that. Sure. Part confusion, part horror. So it made me think of just saying something to her. Yeah. But not what I, what, the thing that crossed my mind there, because she was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I'm sure this comes across as arrogant, but what am I going to do? I, because of the cigarette, I thought of saying something creepy in its um, cosmicness, mm. so that the thought that I, uh, w- I, w- I felt like I was close to saying was, we all make our choices, don't we? Mm. So here's the thing. That, and then after that, I started thinking That's, about- It's not quite threatening. Right. But yeah. it's certainly like, it's the next door neighbor to threatening. Yes. So I, but then I thought, going on long runs, wouldn't it be enjoyable- when you pass people that aren't waving and smiling, to just give them strangely spooky statements about their future that confuse them as to like, do you, like if I said, like I'm running and I say something like, beware the whistling man in red. Sure. So, okay, so you're just going to get your mail. This guy's running past you. You've never seen him before. And he looks you in the eye and says, beware the whistling man in red. That stays with you for like the rest of your life, right? Every time you hear a whistling man, you then check to see if he's wearing red. Is that just my personality? Or I mean, I th- no, I, th- I think you're right. What's interesting about that is that I often whistle. I really enjoy whistling. Uh, so I would forever be afraid of wearing the color red because I'd be afraid that it was one of these prophecies. It's like, but wear yourself. When you're whistling and wearing red. That's how our screenplay ends, is you yourself. You're the red whistling man. So it couldn't be anything terribly threatening. Like It couldn't be like, I'm going to cut your throat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could, but that's not what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, I I want something that... this This is the emotional range I'm looking for. Sure. The person hears the comment, thinks, whatever weirdo, gets their mail, goes back into the house, Mm -hmm. sits down... Goes about the rest of their day. Yes. And then starts thinking like, whistling man in red. Mm-hmm. Or if you said something about the moon. When the moon is new, your eyes will be old. So you, and then you're like, well, I don't even know what that means. Like, what? am I going to go blind at the next new moon? So I have two thoughts. You can play with time traveler stuff here too, right? Oh, like, yes. Like, you know, if you see the moon, maybe you're in like, it's one of those times where you see the moon during the day. You're like, ah. It's just so nice to see the moon again. Day moon. Day moon. Or, Brent, this also reminds me of a thought I had the other day where I feel like there's a real gap in legitimate fortune cookies. Like, I can't remember yeah. the last time that I yeah. got a legitimate fortune cookie. Yeah, they just give you, like, uh, platitudes on bumper stickers. Yeah, sure. So I really feel like that could be another Afternooner Sports podcast venture 
where we, because it can't be that expensive or hard to create, sell, and distribute fortune cookies. Well, I'll give you one right now. Give me a fortune. Beware the whistling man in red. That's fantastic. I would love to open up a fortune cookie and get that. If you got that in a Chinese restaurant, you'd look around, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. And if there was a the waiter or like a busboy was whistling on his way back, you, you'd freak out. <laughs> and then you just scream out, he's wearing red! <laughs> Good God, get out of here! <laughs> but you didn't say anything to this woman. No, I didn't. And I, I want to make this a afternooner challenge to all of us doing long runs, whatever that might be. Sure. What a long run I am going to call is anything that's pushing you further than you normally would go. Where it gets you into the space to feel comfortable yes. doing something like this. Yes, exactly. So I give you my word. I've got two more long runs in me before I taper yeah. for the marathon. Yep. I will make a weird cosmic, not like threatening. Yes. But cosmic. a weird cosmic statement. I will not lie about this. I will report back. What was said. And if you, after Gooners out there, if you have nominees for what I might say, I'm not, again, I'm not going to be like, I put sugar in your gas tank and I'm going to kill your grandmother next. Like, this is, that's not the, first of all, those two things don't go together. Sugar in the gas tank just ruins the car, right? Oh, it, it ruins it. Like, your engine is ruined. What about flour? I don't know. I was once getting my oil changed and a uh, man walked in and said, uh, Hey, do you know what to do about oil and a or sugar in a gas tank? And the guy started laughing. Yeah. And he's like, Are you serious? And the guy's like, Yeah, someone put sugar in my gas tank. And this is what the mechanic said. Yeah. Uh, he said, Did you start the car? And the guy said, Yeah, I started the car. Yeah. And he's like, If that if the fuel that the sugar was in got to your engine, you're done. Yeah. So if you found out there's sugar in the gas tank and hadn't started the car yet. Sure, you, can you could then drain, drain the, the gas, drain the gas tank. So, uh, no, I'm not going to do anything threatening. Something strangely odd. What about just uh, opposites? So you, you run by somewhere, you're like, I will never put sugar in your gas tank. <laughs> I feel like that's threatening. Yeah, it is. No, you're, going, the- you're going for like... Lovecraftian kind of uh, statements. Yes. Something, uh, you know, things like eagles and falcons or falconers, uh, something with calendars, something with, uh, you know, holes and mountains, you know, things that are weird. (laughs) Whenever I think of, you know, the word weird, I think of holes and mountains. I don't know. I'm just, like, this is proving this is all, like, on the fly. I haven't thought about lines. Well, you, uh, you may have told this story on the afternoon, but you once had somebody uh, approach you, I think, in a Meyer parking lot. It was in a Walmart, the vestibule, before you go into the second set of doors. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Told yeah, you yeah. that you were going to bless the people with your musical, musical ability. Yeah. And I just said, I don't play music. And then I walked in. Don't tell me about my universe. Me, however, it'd be funny. So when I'm doing it, <laughs> I'm really tired, <laughs> and I'm going to say something better. Well... Because it's weirder. But I think you and this young man probably had different motivations. Yes. What if I said something like, like if I'm running down the street and I'm just thinking because I'm running the street, there's a pothole. So I was thinking about holes. What if I just looked at him and said, the real pothole is in our soul. Is there any way that person stops cheating on their spouse because some random runner just said the real pothole is in our soul? I mean, I think the only word change there is do you change 
our to your, yours, yeah, yeah, to make it more direct. I will probably only do this to a man as well. Oh, okay. Just I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And also a man that I feel like I could take in a fight. <laughs> like I'm not doing this to <laughs> a guy who's like working from. on his truck. Yeah. No, you definitely <laughs> can out. But it's p- guys, you can outrun. Uh, maybe I mean if I'm on like mile. A late mile, uh, and I'm they they could they could get me. Anyway, it's an afternoon of promise. Sure. I'm gonna give uh, a cosmic line here or there. Brent, that sounds pretty magical. It just sounds like a real magical thing. You know, uh, speaking of magic, my uh, my son watched the first Harry Potter. Oh, great! Because I because we had mentioned earlier that I read the first Harry Potter to him. My older son has read the whole series, but now. My my, I was uh, having teaching a night class, and my wife texted me and said, "Hey, do you want us to wait so that he can watch the movie with you?" Mm. And I wrote back and just said, "No, I don't care." Mm-hmm. But my real like the jerk side of me wanted to write a text like, "I don't find watching the movie as the culmination of reading the book." Like that's I don't care if I'm there or not because it's not about the movie. The movie's not better. Uh, I don't really think that that was what was being asked well, I and I didn't say it I think it was just I Brent do you want to share in this fun memory with your family and your response was I don't care about my family well that it also could be something <laughs> that could be another <laughs> statement I say to a person as I'm running just a strange like look at it look him in the eye and be like I don't uh, care about my family running confessions that's what this is right <laughs> you need to you just need to like give these horrible <laughs> confessions to people uh, while you're running <laughs> I just need to tell somebody I don't care about my family <laughs> see you later <laughs> <laughs> I robbed a bank 20 years ago. <laughs> I murdered a hobo and left him in a swampy bog. They'll never find him. Do they call the police? Yeah, I would call the police if somebody on a run told me that. Really? I think so. Would you? I don't know. What do you think Robbie would do? <laughs> guys, 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 listen. Listen, it's not about the long run, and it's not about whether you think there's actually a body in the bog. It's about whether or not Ted's at home with your family while you're working at Consumers. That, that's what I want to say. That's the thing I'm going to say. <laughs> there's no way I'm getting it all out, but I'll turn around and just keep shouting it. I'm going to learn that line. <laughs> I will say something about working at Consumers and Ted. Sure. And yeah. maybe working a swampy bog. Yeah. I think all bogs are swampy. This one is especially swampy. Uh, I think swamp and bog are pretty much synonymous. Yeah, I think that's synonymous. Yeah. You're right. If they call I'm, me out on that, I will walk back to them and shake their hand. <laughs> so, spe- yeah. We, we're we, talking about Harry Potter. Because Harry Potter has been in the air, at least in my family... You want have wanted to talk about uh, Harry Potter for a while. I've wanted to talk about Harry Potter. Overlord of the podcast, Robbie Bolton, hasn't let us talk about Harry Potter since he's not here, either working at Consumers or in prison or in a swampy bog. They're all the same. All three. All of them, they're all in the same thing. We thought we'd bring on a expert in Harry Potter, and we're just going to walk through... Some random thoughts about Harry Potter. We know that the Afternooner Sports Podcast is where you come to for 15-year-old pop culture memorabilia. It's what we're providing you today. So we we have a guest here with us. Now, Brian Hunt has been on the podcast before. 
Do you remember your title from the previous visit to the podcast? It's something like podcast archivist or... Close. It's uh, No, we already have a podcast historian, but you are the historian of the podcast. Like, okay. You are actually the historian of this podcast. Do you have any... We'll talk about Harry Potter here in a second, but do you have any interesting tidbits as the historian of the podcast for us about our own podcast? I, I do. So recently I started working on a wiki for the Afternooner podcast. Shut up. So <laughs> You I, love us more than our spouses do. <laughs> I started theafternooner.fandom.com. And you can go look this up right now. Wait, so Billy, the afternooner. I'm there. Dot I'm going there. Fandom. Dot fandom. Dot com. So and this is a larger wiki site for yes. all kinds of different yeah, things. Yeah, you can okay. make your own wiki. It's oh, got cool. its own setup okay. and everything. Um, and I I really want to call out to all the afternooners to help me out here because <laughs> I'm just one guy and these podcasts are an hour. <laughs> and I really want to document every moment of this podcast. <laughs> It's a noble pursuit. Thank you. Thank you. So fandom as a website is primarily used for games, movies, TV, and videos. Are we the first podcast to be on fandom? You may be. I'm going to say we are. We are. It asked for classifications, and I had a really hard time finding them. I, you know, I picked comedy. comedy um, Church. I don't well, know if religion. there was a religious, religious yeah. section. Though I probably should have checked that if it was there. Racial politics? Politics, definitely. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Crisis management, was that on uh, that, there? Yes, it was. Okay, excellent. And I, I know it's on your business cards now. So, so uh, Billy, you are on the website right now. I'm uh, writing a page about how we're the first podcast featured on fandom. Yes, it needs to get more and more meta. Mm -hmm. Not only are we the first podcast on fandom, but we're the first podcast to be... To post, about, to being post about being the first podcast on fandom. I'll write that one later okay, tonight. Okay, good, good. <laughs> and uh, if you wouldn't mind, once you've hit save on your, your current changes, <laughs> important, important updates, uh, there is an episode list, and you can go to, I have documented the first episode that's available on SoundCloud, which is the... Miss Pena episode. Yes. Introduction we, to Miss Pena. So for the record, uh, we have a lot more podcast episodes than what's on SoundCloud, but we took them off. Everything before Miss Pena we took off because the sound quality is good, is not as good. And because people kept listening to it as a serial podcast. We are not a serial podcast. I, I am sorry, Brent, but you are a serial podcast. And and here's why. There is so much just development in your story as a podcast. And I think that's what you don't see. You're in the minutia. You're in the weeds <laughs> every day in this podcast. But us as Aftergooners, we get to watch you evolve as a podcast from, from the bad sound quality all the way through, realizing that, you know, you need to show yourself some self-love and purchase yourself Miss Pena for Robbie for his 40th birthday and it was for his 40th birthday. It was birthday. for his 40th mm -hmm. birthday. Yes. I know all this because I literally just listened to this episode today. <laughs> and um, I, I think the journey from startup, what are we doing here? Don't know. We're going to talk about some sports. And then we get sidetracked. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to talk about sports. It The journey is beautiful. And that's why I really think it is a serial. And you're really going to need to put those episodes back for me. But it is... It is a serial that's, I think, 
Billy, I think we've done about 138 hours of the podcast. That's a long, long, long serial. We just want you all to listen to the last week. Isn't the, our last week is always our best? Well, right? I mean, to in some sort of in some way, our last week is always our best, and that it's the freshest and the newest, and we get better every day, inevitably. So, inevitably, our podcast gets better every time we record. Are you like slipping into a uh, inspirational talk? No, I'm not. But we should try. We to, could do that. We too. should try to get. Party services, crisis management, podcast, fortune cookie, in- <laughs> yes, <laughs> fortune cookie distributor, <laughs> fortune cookie development, uh, and uh, motivational motivational speakers. speakers. Sorry, I was a little distracted because we can all see our sound levels, and it says that disk space remains for recording 139 hours, which is pretty much exactly how many hours we already have recorded of the afternoon. Creepy. It is. That could be another thing. I shout at someone. Yeah. While running, 139 bit, hours. 139 hours. It, yes, if I said something like, if if I made a time thing, yes, like in 139 hours, the Falcon lands here. Then it's just like, what? Okay, how many hours is 139 hours? What does he mean by the Falcon? Is there is it, is it a plane crash? Is it a car arriving? Or is it a literal Falcon? Is it aliens? Is it an alien? I I would come back to that spot in 139 hours. Unless it was like three in the morning. Or what if I said in 139 hours, your son will be here? And like, my, my son's dead. I would say, I don't have a son. And well, they'd say, 139 hours. You will. Ooh. Yeah, it could get really creepy. It That's can. what. Okay. So, uh, Brian, I, we appreciate the. the <laughs> Billy, you're seeing this. This is. We, we have our own wiki page now. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind going to that first episode real quick. Oh, um, sure. There's an episode list link, and then um, you can click on the Miss Pena episode. I I have a section where I document the various subjects that you <laughs> talk about in the episode. I just want you to look at that list. Okay, just so you know, I do hashtag different topics on the SoundCloud. That might be help. Oh, yeah, that would okay. be very you, helpful. You want me to read off titles? Or what did you want me to do? Uh, so go down to the, the, the Miss Pena episode. Yes. There should be a link. You want me to click that? Yep. And then right in there, there's there's all the information. All right. So I'm at the Welcome to the Show, Miss Pina edition. So if you scroll down, you'll see mentions. Hosts and guests. The documentation of this particular episode, I do want to mention that Billy is wearing a teal shirt <laughs> that has mountains and a sun coming up. It's got like arrows coming out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that can be documented in the episode that is a, an entry Should that someone, is available that is an available entry sure. for each yeah. episode that, yep Robbie says I've heard it both ways yes Robbie sings other than the jingle no <laughs> wait these are like categories yes correct Does Robbie, so, so right here it says Billy is wearing and then it says not mentioned Re- recorded in Dwayne Skeen Memorial Studio recorded on Robbie's 40th birthday dates unknown things mentioned in the episode Dylan Ryan and Baylor all podcast interns Terminator Denim 5K, wow, Blaine Gabbert, Denim 5K clothing giveaway. We ever do that? We ever give our clothes away? I don't think so. Yeah, probably. We don't really follow through with things. Ooh, I wonder if that was mentioned in this one. Keanu Reeves was mentioned in this one. It was, in fact, mentioned. I believe, Billy, you 
complained about the lack of follow through with all the things that are promised on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do actually want to add a section of okay. promises made each episode <laughs> and whether or not they, it was ever followed followed through. <laughs> Uh, interesting facts. Miss Pina got her name because she was wrapped up in a pineapple box, which purportedly still had pineapples in it, according to Brent. Billy wears his denim vest every night to sleep. Man, this is better than listening to the episode. <laughs> it's getting meta, man. Oh, Billy promises they will pour water on Miss Pina on the last day of the afternooner. Well, it hasn't arrived yet. It so has not. What would you put for promise kept? Yes or no. Uh, for that, it would be pending. Pending. Okay, yeah. you got to have a pending mm-hmm. category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. You yeah. truly are historian of the podcast. There, there's timestamp notes. <laughs> At sixteen eighteen, the group discusses Fraggle Rock and finding the devil in everything. <laughs> Makes me want to listen to it all over again, doesn't it? Uh, this is really great, Brian. <laughs> and for the Aftergooners, one of the reasons I really want to add these timestamps is that we can make supercuts. So my dream is to have a supercut of everything Robbie has sung on this entire podcast. <laughs> and just like have each one be a track and I will burn it to a CD and draw hearts on the CD and play it every night for myself That's as I fall asleep. He's got a good voice. He does. Mm-hmm. I I would love to have a musical episode. Well, the problem not, is- Not necessarily everyone singing, just like you've talked about musicals before. Robbie loves musicals. Yeah. Just have just a whole an episode, episode about musicals, or that yeah. Robbie keeps going into different musical if you numbers. Have an episode about musicals; he will keep going into. Yeah, that's numbers. a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I really think we could probably put some effort into producing an episode of the Afternooner where we occasionally sing a few songs. I also yes, that's true, and it could be a welcome back from the pen episode when Robbie returns. Yes, we only sing theme songs from prison movies. What? Uh, I don't. Cool hand Luke, he's cool and got a hand. His name is Luke, he's cool hand Luke. Brent, I'm going to need you to stop singing or I'm going to have to add a section for Brent sings yes or no. (laughs) This is really amazing and uh, thank you, Brian. And I I now completely back up your request to have previous Afternooner episodes published. Well, I think what what we'll do is we'll give him keys to get to the old episode. I mean, I I still... Look, well, the, the Aftergooners out there are an annoying bunch because they keep trying to go back to old podcasts. Let them, Brent. Let them do what they want. They won't want. listen to the good, fresh stuff. So listen, if we do you em- know Aftergooners are committed. If so they're going to listen to everything. That's why they want the old ones, because they want more. Think about this. Let's say we do a musical episode, right? We do a musical episode. And then people are like, oh, I listened to that in 135 hours. Think about how frustrated you'd be. You'd want those people listening to the musical episode. Just give them what they want, Brent. What, what if we do this? What if we start a second SoundCloud? <laughs> the other SoundCloud will be the Afternooner Classic Edition. Mm. All right? So you, you got a subset of Aftergooners who want to listen to the old ones. They can go back and do that. But if they just want the new ones, then they can just be subscribed to the Afternooner. The, the problem is I just don't trust them enough. I just don't trust them enough. I and mean, you guys have more trust. And I mean, uh, and you are an aftergooner. You are kind of employed by us now. We're not really paying you, but you are employed. You can put that on your uh, on your IRS forms. Historian of the podcast. You really have come through here. Do you have to pay for this? No, no. 
Okay. I would not do anything that had to be paid for. <laughs> well, for you me. you are paying in another way. You're paying in time that you will never get back uh, when I, you die. I see this as an honor. Oh well, this this is this is a dream come true for we, me. We are uh, we're sad about the dreams you're having, but we're very very flattered. Uh, we did not we did not know this. We did not bring you on here to no. talk about our brand new wiki, but we are absolutely gonna have to spread the word about. The, we don't probably spread the word about the wiki until. The wiki's added to, right? Because then it just looks like a sad, pathetic wiki. No, oh, I'm no, actually you... asking if the aftergooners after come and add to the wiki. I see. Because I I'm see. not going to be able to do this myself. We don't use it as a marketing tool until it's beefed up, though. Well, it's the... not, and I think it's not so much. I mean, certainly it can be used for marketing, but I think the idea behind these kinds of things is you want to get as many people contributing to it as possible so that you get it all filled out. You get you fill in all the cracks. Can Could we do... Inside this website, could we do a wiki of a wiki? Now, what I mean by that is if we go back to the old Ricketts Pond episode and we really fill out the mythology of that town. Of course. Could we get, we could have the mythology of that town in our own wiki? We could create a Wikipedia page for that town. Yes. Fill it out there and link it from this wiki page to Incredible. that wiki page. Yes. This is like our Yaknapatafa County of William Faulkner, I can't remember what our town was called. I do remember Old Ricketts Pond. We're going to get... I, that, yeah, I need the I'm, wiki. I'm on it. I myself yeah, exactly, need the wiki. Exactly. This yeah. is why I want this, because you can just go down the rabbit trail with your guys' wonderful antics and stories and imaginative creations that are re- are floating out there for us to just harness and pull into a wiki. Brent, is there a particular picture you want... To represent you on the wiki page? I would ask you to type in Conway Twitty into Google Images and pick any Conway Twitty image you like. Conway Twitty. I'm going to use DuckDuckGo. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Brian, you turned me on the DuckDuckGo yeah. two weeks ago. I feel like I'm living in a new world. Good. A new unobserved world. Uh, as unobserved as I can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop with your Google sheeple and move over to Shh. DuckDuckGo. You get a picture of Conway Twitty I there? I did. I'm uploading it now. Okay, that'll be me. It's even got a, it's Conway Tweety, but it's also got Twitty. a- Twitty. Twitty, whatever. Got a uh, a word posted behind him. A word? That word in what looks the to be- The high priest of country music? What a, look, a song's best friend? It looks to be diamonds, and maybe it's the title of one of his songs I wouldn't know, but it says, Timeless. Oh, man. I can't, like, that's me, baby. I know that's you. Uh, now, Brian, uh, this is—we're extremely flattered. You, I think, everyone out there listening can agree that you are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. But it's not why we brought you on today. No, we want to talk about Harry Potter. Billy, talk to me just real quickly. But we're just let's let's get our feet wet. Give me the hype. This is completely spoiler zone. If you don't know that Snape kills Dumbledore, then sorry. Wait, did like, that really happen? It did, but it, Dumbledore was only a robot. Remember, we found that out in the ninth book. Billy, yeah, favorite moment, least favorite moment of the entire series. Go. Can my least favorite moment just be an entire book? Yes. Can I guess what book that will be? I don't think you need to guess, Brent. Brian, do you know what book he's going to say before he even says? That's even better. My guess would be The Order of the Phoenix. Yes. That is correct. That's everyone's least favorite, isn't it? It actually isn't mine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Get out. 
Again, thank you for the wiki. Get out. (laughs) What is your least favorite? And then we'll talk about why you defend the claptrap that is Order of the Phoenix. Go ahead. (laughs) Claptrap. Favorites are always difficult for me because there's so many good things uh, to be had in fantasy books. But in this particular case, I really like the romance between Ron and Hermione, honestly. Is that a big deal in five? More than like, say, six? I don't think so. It's just kind of an ongoing thing. Little so can flirting we say that five and sucks there. and six is actually like if you're not willing to commit to five being the romance book, can we just move that romance to six and that way you agree with us? <laughs> I, it's not actually that part that I like the most, though. It's the room of requirement. That the room I really of requirement. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that whole training sequence where Harry is basically like, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to get these guys trained up so yeah. we can resist. And they use the room of requirement of full effect, and uh, you know they have a training montage, and that ends up being useful in the seventh book, right? It becomes important. Billy, talk to Brian, talk some sense into him about why the fifth book is the worst book. Uh, you have right as I remember, Voldemort plays a lot less of a role in the fifth book as a sort of recurring villain. Yeah, until the final fight. There. Yeah, he comes back in, right? And that's where uh, Sirius dies, which is certainly sad, right? He dies. Yeah, five. he dies. And I thought for he, sure he was not going to, I thought he was going to be coming back at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like, right, he had gone somewhere rather than dies. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, so I didn't like how that scene was done because it felt so much like, oh, she's just bringing him back later. Right. Um, can right. I ask, do we know why they had a giant archway that you could just fall into and die just sitting there? Like, yeah, what, what was that? What is the purpose of it? Sure, the like functional purpose as opposed right. to like, maybe the literary like metaphorical purpose. Right, like if I am walking down my work hallway and there is a hole in the hallway that leads to a bunch of spikes, I would, first question, why do we have this? And if everybody says... It's just always been there. It serves no purpose. It looks kind of dangerous. I think we fill the hole in. Ted from accounting right. uses it every now and then. We don't know what it's for, though. <laughs> so I, yes, I don't. I don't know the like. I, I don't. Know. You don't know the answer to that question. Either. No, well, not at all. He, he gets hit by a spell from somebody, but he's knocked into it. Yes, that right. It knocks him into it, and his body disappears. Yes. So like you know, I think it is kind of unclear whether it's the spell or no, the I archway it, or both. I think it's the archway, clearly. Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't I, the spell, though, Avada Kedavra? No, I don't think so. No? Or was it Crucio? Because it was one of the unforgivable. Yeah, it was a... She was a... Who's the bad female... Uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. Yes. yes, she's the one who does it. But I don't think it's Avada Kedavra, though that's the only spell my six-year-old would say. He hasn't even got to it in the first book yet. But he'll just walk around the, the, the house just killing the refrigerator and the trees and then me as well, of, of course. Are you, are you finding out? It just wh- says he was murdered by his cousin Bellatrix Lestrange during the Battle of the Department of Mysteries and subsequently cleared of all charges by the Ministry of Magic, though he was too late to enjoy his freedom. I think he, he dies by getting knocked into it. Sure. That's the whole shtick of sure. that thing. You can't get knocked into it. Well, then that's why I think it was kind of misleading because his, like, right, whenever you're watching a movie or reading a story and somebody dies, but they die off screen or, right, like the explosion goes off, but you don't see their body yes. in it. It's the soap operification. Yes. That's just a play to then bring them back and be like, oh, I ducked out of the way at the last moment. I, I survived. 
So I don't like that his body disappears. I mean, I hate it because of Dolores Umbridge. Yes, she's she very hateable. She gets like 500 pages. And I don't, under, like, this, I don't understand. There's wonderful moments. But I don't understand how a kid's bleeding from the back of his hand. I want to I ask you this question, Brain. This is a larger question about the Harry Potter universe. There seems to be a whole lot of suffering in this universe that responsible adults could clean up pretty nicely. So, like, you've got a teacher who's making a kid bleed but no, everyone's hands are tied. They can't do anything about it. Or Snape becomes the headmaster of Hogwarts. He's, of course, which is a nice touch, he's actually still working for the good guys. The problem is kids are being tortured at Hogwarts. That means there's all kinds of suffering that kids are going through that Snape is okay with that happening just because he's looking out for Harry Potter. Like, what... Am, am I forced to just ignore that and say, like, just enjoy the story and don't look too closely? It's like looking at the sun. Don't look too closely. Like, or do you have a way of, like, reconciling that? I think for me, particularly with Umbridge, it was more about the villain you love to hate. Like, Umbridge getting her comeuppance was very sweet. And which so, is, which, sorry to interrupt, but she gets carried off in the woods by centaurs, correct? Yes. Are we to imagine her to be just drawn and quartered? I would imagine so, because she was portrayed as very racist as well. No, I thought we find her later, and she's, like, insane. Like, she's just gone mad. Right? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I'll find out. You're lucky, Brian, that you're our uh, wiki expert, historian of the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a lot you don't remember about these books. <laughs> I'm only the the Harry Potter expert by default, since I have watched the most recent uh, synopsis of the movies. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I've only read them once. Have you guys read them more than once? I've only read them once. I think I've read some of them more than once. I don't know that I've like read the whole series. Yeah, I can't imagine reading the fifth one again. again. No, I would, at least not all the way through. Yeah, like skipping all the Dolores Umbridge. I'd read the parts. fandom page on it. Is what I would do. Excellent point. I'd also read the fandom page of the Afternooner and then let that lead into favorite favorite book. So, what is the favorite book then, Billy? If it's if the fifth one is the worst one. Yeah, I mean that. I think this is just a harder question because so many of the books are so fun. Well, then I, pick a favorite moment if the sure. book is too hard. Uh, I really do like the Prisoner of Azkaban. I think the Dementors are a pretty fun, right? I love when souls are getting sucked out of people. That's pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. But I think just as a as a device, they work really well. Um, and I think Sirius Black, uh, you know, him being turning out to be a good guy, I think is fun. But it is also kind of weird that they have the what's the map called? Marauders, Marauders map. The Marauders map. And, you know, Ron's brothers have had this map and apparently been using it for years and years. And they never once saw that Ron's rat was actually uh, whatever his name was. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Because the map would show that the rat sleeping in bed with Ron all the time was a <laughs> say Peter Pettigrew. Who's Peter Pettigrew yeah. in bed with our brother. Yeah. It would it would <laughs> that's what like it would show if you're sort of following the rules of the Marauders map, it would reveal that that was Peter Pettigrew and they never seem to be aware of that. Well, if we want to get into the things that just don't make sense. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's nitpick <laughs> things that brought us great joy. Yes, let's do that. So, one thing that never made sense to me was Harry is like insanely wealthy. Yes. In this world. Yes. There must have been something he could have done with that wealth to aid them in some way. But, you know, and this breaks down because 
in this wizarding world, she doesn't set up good boundaries to what magic can and cannot do. In fact, mm-hmm. magic seems like it can do anything. So just make more money, make more gold, make more money, make more gold. I mean, in fact, uh, Bellatrix in her um, vault in Gringotts, when they go in there, everything has a duplication curse on it. So you touch something and it starts like duplicating mm-hmm. itself and you get buried in all this treasure. So him having a ridiculous amount of wealth is either like, it just doesn't matter. Everyone's got a giant vault <laughs> full of gold <laughs> or he should have been doing something with that. And maybe there's like some version of like military grade magic. He could have gone and bought with this to just blow or even very cynically bought off the ministry of magic. There you go. Like what, like in, in our world, at least our world in this world has to be analogous to their world. Otherwise all fantasy is analogous to real life. People like the Malfoys have power because they're wealthy and of great esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to flood the Ministry of Magic with my money. Like, why would you continue to go for the Malfoys? If you truly aren't a Death Eater, then you would you would switch over to Harry Potter's because you just want the wealth. Yeah. Corruption for good. Corruption, it always works out. <laughs> it always works. Uh, Umbridge lives. She just ends up going to Azkaban. She's in prison there for life. Oh. I like the idea of her being drawn and quartered by centaurs, though. Yeah, we can. I'm just gonna put that put that in the afternooner wiki on the wiki of sure. Harry Potter. Alternate okay. timeline, uh, Umbridge outcomes. I um, if I'm thinking about my my favorite moments, it's it's when I was reading. I was reading them. I don't know if it's the moments or the best looking back, but it was the experience of reading yeah. the moments. Yeah, the moment of Cedric Diggory's death. And they return him, and his father comes down. And I'm just because I'm always reading these as a parent, sure. so that was very emotional. Everything that happens with the mirror in the first one, where his par- he's, he's with his family, and his family looks at him. That moment in the Forbidden Forest when his family is there with Sirius Black, and they're looking upon him with the that, resurrection yes. stone. Yes, right? I think that's. I think. I think that's wonderful. Hagrid uh, giving him the photo album of his of his family. And so Brent, maybe that's why, because I all that resonates with me, maybe that's why I don't like the serious black death scene so much is because there's not the opportunity for Harry to like properly grieve his dead uncle, who at that point was really his g- closest family connection. And as a narrative, perhaps, you know, what more can you do to a kid after you take his parents? Sure. So Losing the Godfather thing is like, yeah, we've already been there. It's like, if you look at movies and TV shows where you got a shortcut haunted man or woman, just have their family die in a car wreck or some like murderer kills their family. But look at how many times it's either a spouse or a spouse with one kid. Mm. You know who doesn't die in these situations? It's like a spouse and all three of their children. Because the writers understand, like you, we like we don't need to keep like making it worse. The one kid is enough. So you took Harry Potter's parents, yeah. You took his godfather as well. It's just like that's not any worse than losing the parents. I understand it adds some kind of different dimension, but uh, that to me is part of why it's satisfying. Like it's it's more satisfying to have that godfather around than what is gained by him going through another kind of loss because the other loss he's gone through is so much greater than having lost a godfather. That makes me think, character you most wish had been, I don't, I don't even want to say it that way. I was going to say utilized better, 
but give me secondary character you love the most. Because sometimes you bring in a secondary character and you make too much of them, right? Like, isn't like Darth Vader's in all the original Star Wars trilogy, like 33 minutes or something like that. Sure. It's a really short amount of time. And if he was in it a ton, perhaps ruin something. So it's not, I'm not asking for more Darth Vader. I felt like more could have been done with uh, Nymphadora Tonks. I, I'm not necessarily asking though, to do more with them. Sure. I'm just asking of the secondary characters, the yes. ones you like the most. Oh, okay. So maybe it's still Tonks, but... Sure. Who do I like the most? No, I think that changes it, right? Because I think it'd be... More could have been done with the narrative with Tonks and her ability to sort of like shapeshift at will or change her appearance. Also, what? Harry grew up in the real world, so he would have made one Tonka trunk yeah, reference. Well, at least yeah. one. Just one least Tonka one, yes. truck reference. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Hmm... Somebody that a secondary character I like the most. While you're thinking about it, yeah. also a Tatanka reference from Dances with Wolves. Tatanka. Remember that was the word for buffalo? Yeah. And she could have turned into a buffalo then. That should have been her Patronus. Made, yes. Made the joke even Maybe better. Maybe it was. Exactly. Do we know what her Patronus was? What was her Patronus? Was? I'll find out. Look on the Afternooner wiki of Harry Potter. Put it as Tatanka, Sioux language, buffalo. I believe it changed after yeah. uh, the death of her husband then, Lupin, right? Yeah. Wait, Lupin dies? Tonks, Lupin doesn't die. Tonks and Lupin die, I thought. No. Lupin lives, doesn't he? If Tonks dies, then that's real sad because she was also pregnant. No, she's pregnant. Time. I think all three of them survive. Oh. Uh, let's I don't see. think Lupin dies. I really? think Lupin makes it to the end. Yeah, so Remus and Tonks both die. They, she had a kid. Well, she did. They did she have a kid or was she well, pregnant? No, she was just pregnant. At oh, the time. really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's Sorry. wait. I, so I don't remember his death at all. He's because he's my so choice his, for character of like favorite secondary character. I really like Remus Lupin. Sure. How did I forget that he died? So the nature of his death was not revealed. It says that both their bodies were laid out in the great hall, and that he was described as peaceful looking, implying that he was struck with a killing curse or some something else. Um, Wait, they didn't even say how he died? No, he died. Th th I felt like there was a lot of that in book seven where many of those characters just kind of died off page yeah, while this like, is, we're following the heroes. Yeah, this is all during you know big the, battles going yeah. on. You're following uh, Harry around and he doesn't see a lot of things that are happening and then he only finds out once he gets to the Great Hall and but the, they're kind of counting the aftermath. But we have moments in Harry Potter where we're not with Harry Potter. Yes. So we could have not been with Harry Potter to find out don't, don't we deserve to know how Lupin dies? I, mean, I find that unsa I mean, not too that unsatisfying. I didn't even remember the fact that he died. <laughs> she did that with a lot of characters, right? Because didn't one of the twins die? No, that one we see, though. Yeah. That's actually, I think, a sure. very moving death because it turns Percy. Oh, um, yes. Per Percy, like, I think he's already asked for forgiveness at that point. But this is, yes, this is him, like, truly turning into a, a, a much more righteous person. One other thing that doesn't make sense to me is that Harry is a parcel tongue, which is very rare, and you know he can talk to snakes and understand them. So why did he never get a snake? Yeah. If he had a snake, he could have been like, here, go roam the castle, go spy on whoever, bring me back information or whatever. A lot of the problems they ran into could have been easily solved if he just went to wherever, Diagon Alley, and bought himself a snake. Or a bunch of snakes. Why right. stop at one, Brian? Right. Uh, I know An army of snakes. I would think part of that would be that uh, right. he spends a lot of, especially the first couple books, 
grappling with this as a gift that he has, but as something that he kind of feels gross about. I feel like it's sort of sure. how right it comes up, especially when he figures out, oh, Voldemort was a parcel tongue. Like I'm connected to Voldemort. Like I'm part of the reason. So I think he has some like shame tied up with that. Well, get over it, Harry. I, I completely 100% agree with you. Harry's just kind of a wiener. And doesn't really, like, do anything. He doesn't, right? Like, there's the whole idea that, you know, Hermione especially carries them through the first couple of books, at least. Or most of the books. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Brian, as a more fantasy expert. I I feel like this happens in Star Wars, too. That uh, the writers write this power. And then they realize later on that the power is way too powerful. Oh, for sure. And so then you have to just start... Because it just starts raising the questions, well, why don't you just do this? And and you either have to invent fake reasons for you not being able to use it. Yes. Or you just kind of have to forget about it. And it seems like that's what's happening with the parcel tongue. You're just like, okay, like that was, you're right. I can't like command snakes because then he can do this all the time. That, yes, I've got him wealthy, but that's because of his parents and I need him to pay for random stuff because how else am I getting him money? Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, for sure. I, I think the world building that J.K. Rowling does lacks in that department because in a world that has this infinite magic, why is there no spell that can fake your own death? Like, why did Dumbledore have to die? There really isn't a reason why he had to die. In fact, it turns out later that the wand that he has didn't actually like exchange ownership to Snape because the he's got one of the the three elder wand things yeah, yeah whatever the the deathly hollows yeah. one of the three deathly, deathly hollows so why is there no spell no wizard has ever wanted to fake his own death like effectively and invented a spell to do this also the luck uh potion that harry gets as a reward later the luck potion yeah yeah so he he inherits snape's old potions book oh yes yes and then wins this competition and is given this luck potion where for i think it's like an hour anything he tries to do succeeds yes so why didn't he just wave his wand and be like i'm gonna invent a spell that takes out Voldemort permanently yeah Yeah. and then wave his wand it's the classic, hey, you got three wishes. Well, my first wish is for a million wishes. Right? It's not well, even that, You can't that, wish though. for that. You can't wish for that, Brent. Well, I wish for more genies then. <laughs> I do want to put in a quick correction. Nymphadora and Lupin's child's name was Teddy, and she was not pregnant at the battle that takes place at Hogwarts. So Teddy oh, lives. Good. Teddy oh, is good. an orphan, and, but he, he lives. And what did you know grows up to be our great president, Theodore Roosevelt? It's true. He was a muggle. He was a muggle. But he did great things. So also what never made sense to me is the time turner. And it depends on... The the time turner is from book three, Prisoner of Azkaban. Because they use it to save Buckbeak. They use it to save Buckbeak. Which if you have a time machine, that's what you should do is save a hippogriff. (laughs) Or go back in time and stop the evil overlord that's terrorizing everything. Right, Or save Harry's parents. Or, and so the very fact that she is able to go back in time and save Buckbeak lays out some of the Harry Potter universe rules for time travel, right? Because there are, every universe always has its own rules for time travel. So the fact that she's able to go back and alter the past and then go back to her present and everything is sort of as it was, right? There's no like crazy butterfly effect. It's just, oh, the one thing that I wanted to fix is fixed means that it's very simple, straightforward rules for time travel, 
and she's what thirteen. But wait, and they just give her a time machine. Okay, so that, that y- your second point is well made, and I want to come back to it. This idea that you're giving a thirteen year old a time machine, which well, is very she, responsible. I, she's taking extra classes, yeah, Brent. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so Hermione, can you drive a car? No, that would be unsafe. Go ahead and rip. Rip the fabric of space-time. That's fine. <laughs> so that you can so, go to extra classes. <laughs> so, Brian, do you have any parting thoughts for Harry Potter? If you could change the ending in one way, what would it be? In Harry Potter? Yeah, just anything about maybe like the last book or like the end of maybe one of the the stories of the people. Well, in Brent, it. you would say that Lupin lives. I don't mind the epilogue. I know the epilogue is kind of cheesy. Mm. It is a kid's book. Yeah. So I don't really begrudge it having that everything sort of nicely comes together. They've all got kids. That's they're named after everybody. I think that's sweet in its own way. Yeah. I don't have any no, that's, cynical that's criticism fine. of it. Sure. You know, I knew the seventh book was going to come back to Hogwarts. The seventh book is basically there's no Hogwarts until the final battle. Yeah. Um But I would have if Lupin can't live, I I feel like some of my favorite characters don't get a a moment to shine. Uh, Lupin doesn't get a moment to shine. Sirius Black doesn't really get a moment to shine. I mean, Hagrid. I I, I think Hagrid and his brother, the the troll, is a, a, one of the weaker plot lines. Yeah. Uh, so I'd rather seen Hagrid in a different form. But I would say more more about those lesser characters that didn't get that are some of my favorites that didn't get a moment to shine. I mean, I think the Weasley twins get a really great moment, but they're just not my favorite characters. I want to see Lupin and uh, Starbuck or whatever his name is. Um, Sirius Black. Starbuck? Well, yeah, I was thinking about Buckbeak. Oh, sure. Star, Sirius. You wanted Buckbeak to come back it's into fa- play. Yeah, I got, I got no beef with Buckbeak. I got no beef with Buckbeak at all. Mm. Billy, what about you? So this is, if I were to change anything about the endings... Besides Harry Potter just having a machine gun and mowing the bad guys down. Yeah, they really don't have a defense for that, do they? No. For guns? Like, like just bring guns and cars. Here's a tank. Here's a tank. They're like, just start firing on the Hogwarts with a tank. <laughs> so maybe that's what I want to have happen. I want uh, the I want Ron and Hermione and Harry to, to make this connection of like, oh, like... Guns would be just a nice backup to have in case we run into some death ears. Blam, blam. Because it's never really clear the relationship between the muggle world and the magic world. Yeah, they, they seem incredibly dense about the muggle world, and I don't understand why. Like, it's cute, right? Arthur doesn't understand phones. But, dude, that's your job. How do you still not understand how a phone works? Well, we've talked about this, how like he can't get a lawnmower to work, but there are other facets of the world that they do use, which, what was it? I had a great example. How like there are part like sewers. Like, do they do they just go in chamber pots in the corner or do they actually have bath? In well, the- she, she, she sent a text or something, right. a tweet or whatever. You, yes. Whatever you call it out there in the interwebs. Twitty. Twi- <laughs> she sent a spawn that said... <laughs> They you they would just go to the bathroom and make and, it disappear and make it disappear. I would say J.K. Rowling in the last ten years is doing a lot to undo her legacy, isn't yes. she? Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, she really and the internet has recognized this. With uh, we won't read a lot of them, but it's this uh, you know meme of like woke J.K. Rowling, 
and how she is you know, redefining a lot of her characters or just sort of creating things that never existed in the first place in order to seem like she's very culturally woke. Right. There's one about a, uh, a, there's a Jewish person who sends her a tweet about, are there, why aren't there any Jewish magicians? And she says, oh, there was. And Jin just says like a name that never appeared in the books as though like, would you just retconning this stuff in or yeah now i've not read it my wife read it she said it was terrible the cursed Um, child the cursed child now she did not actually write the screenplay or not the screenplay but the script to cursed child it's just the story that she wrote but the woman who's supposed to play hermione in the cursed child is black sort of retconning hermione's race because I'm, I'm under no awareness that Hermione well, was black. Well, I actually think there is a passage, and this was this was a long time ago, I think before um, the screenplay or anything came out, but there's a passage in, I think it's the third book maybe, maybe the fourth, where they get back from summer vacation and it talks about Hermione's skin being very dark or whatnot. Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 4, The Leaky Cauldron. They were there, both of them, sitting outside Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor. Ron, looking incredibly freckly, Hermione, very brown, both waving frantically at him. Now, obviously, that could be interpreted as, you know, a white person being tan, and then they just get brown. You know, I, I feel like we would also have that language, but it could also be interpreted as... She looks very brown. Yeah, but here's my problem with that. There are other characters in Harry Potter who are brown and black. Seamus, and it, right? Seamus. Seamus. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's late in the podcast. I don't know how late. many people are still listening. Seamus. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think Seamus because Seamus is Irish. Uh, oh. it's, an, I, very, very, oh. it's perhaps maybe the most Irish name there is. <laughs> but like, but when, I thought it was Seamus, like so that's why. <laughs> When it, like it's Parvati Patil or other characters, it. I mean, I just read the first one with my son, and it points out black and brown people as black and brown people. Now they're obviously not African American because this is taking place in England. Dean but Thomas. I, Dean Thomas is who I was thinking. Okay, of. so what is it, how what is the language with Dean Thomas? Oh, I, I'll, I'll find out. Because that's where I would have the biggest problem is that that's not consistent with how she talks about other minorities in the book. Sure. And the fact that she's written. 600,000 words. I don't know how many go to this, and sure. that's the only reference like we have a, to Hermione. A fragment in chapter four of the third or fourth book. I forget which one right. it was. Just, just right. I mean, yeah. And in none of the other seven books she mentions specifically. And then, the, yeah, exactly. And then, Billy, can you bring up the tweet about Albus Dumbledore having an aggressively sexual relationship with, what's his name? So Dumbledore is gay, according to her, after the books. It's with the guy he fought, uh, the great dark wizard before Voldemort. Grindelwald. Yeah, but Grindelwald, also Johnny yeah. Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp Grindelwald. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing about his sexuality in any of the books, which means he's neither straight nor gay. He doesn't have sexuality in the book. That's like asking the sexuality of C-3PO. And afterwards, Dumbledore is gay, but then she says something. Uh, I, I don't want to be seen as like misquoting. I swear she says something like an aggressively sexual relationship. So I've got the tweet, or the quote, rather. Uh, the relationship, this is about Rowling and Grindelwald. The Wait, relationship, Rowling and Grindelwald? Again. <laughs> no, let's keep listen, it that way. We're about 15 Ro- <laughs> minutes past my uh, Ro- podcast This is about time. J.K. Rowling this is about and Dumbledore Johnny Depp Grindelwald. And Johnny Depp. <laughs> 
Their relationship was incredibly intense. It was passionate, and it was a love relationship. But as happens in any relationship, gay or straight or whatever label we want to put on it, one never really knows what the other person is feeling. You can't know. You can believe you know. And this is about a guy who was in the books for like three sentences, right? Like Grindenwald, they show up when he's in prison. Like he's not really in the book. Well, when did this come out? Because Grindelwald is all over like the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's not actually a book. No. So I think this, you mean this, maybe she says this as a way of like pushing and marketing the the Fantastic Beasts right. book. Right, because I would assume she has yeah. some sort of involvement in that storyline. Yeah, that, that, might, that very well may be. But it certainly doesn't speak to Dumbledore. This article was referencing it in March of 2019. So. Of 2019, so that's after both movies. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. If the, I feel like that was quotes older than that. But I, I, I thought could it be was wrong. older than that too. Um, it could just be this article. As, but the movies kind of hint at it too that they their relationship was more than just friends. Like they met in at they met at Hogwarts and were best buds. And and sure they can do that because we only have the movies. We don't have books to build the movies off of. Right. right. So that gets right. back to this issue of like, well, it's the only source we have with this movie, so fine. But yeah, with the books for her to go back and put things in there that clearly aren't there is frankly it's just a little silly and it will it would be i don't really mind if it's in there but it just seems like such an insincere reason to put it in there like it's insincere because oh i wrote these books that aren't adequately up to 2000 somebody's calling me out now so i'll just say oh well actually exactly even like if you felt you were wrong just say i was wrong i probably should have included more it's an incomplete text like all texts are like okay Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Wouldn't that just have more integrity than like, oh, by the way, there was a Jew in Hogwarts. I just never mentioned them. Well, that seems even worse. Yeah, that is even worse. They were there, but you didn't even give them a line. (laughs) Uh, So these aren't answering your question about changing at the end of the book, but these are changing after the end of the book. Did you have one, Brian, about changing the end of the book? Hmm. Yeah, so they had this whole bit with the prophecy about Harry and they went to like go get the prophecy so he could hear it yes. specifically. And it turned out that the prophecy could have either been about him or Neville Longbottom. Yes. The chosen one, right? Correct. And I really wanted at the end of the story to just have it be Neville. Yeah. To the very end yeah. of the book, like, nope, it's not about Harry at all. You've been following Harry this whole time. And like, He's been a little whiny teenager and done all this crazy stuff, which is great. He had a great adventure, but truly the hero in the end is Neville who stands up and, you know, fights back. And then he's the one who defeats Voldemort and Harry steps back and is like, oh, okay. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I do think uh, that's a great example. I mean, I think to criticize Rowling, maybe not the most difficult thing to do, but man, Neville was done perfectly. Neville was a perfect character. Yeah, he was great. Right, because he had his moment in the end, right? He and it, from the very part. beginning, though, even the first book, he's, he's there. He's present all the way through. Yeah. And the tragedy of his parents yeah. and his grandmother, there's a slow build there yeah. that you don't really learn much about his parents, but the grandmother is raising him from the first book. Yeah. It's a slow build that makes sense. I think, yeah. I think Neville and Snape are just really successful characters Her, that like, she's crowning. created. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. That's great. Yep. Great to point those out. The, the prophecy... The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies, and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have the power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. 
So that sounds like the kind of thing I want to say while running. Yeah, that's a little like, long. It's a little wordy, but Rolling, you, you, you gave us wonderful books. We love you for it. Stop messing with the, the legacy. But if you don't mind tweeting out another prophecy about Neville Longbottom, I will use it in my long run. That's a promise to my Afrigooners. It's a promise to you guys. It's a promise to J.K. Rowling. This promise will be documented in the wiki. In the wiki. <laughs> with a pending. <laughs> so with that, Afrigooners, tweet at us at the Afternooner. Email us at afternoonerpodcast at gmail.com. Don't call us at 517 uh, any other way, you know, say hi to us as you walk past us or uh, run past us, maybe. Add to the wiki. Add to the wiki. So that's uh, fandom or Brian, why don't you go ahead and name yeah, it? Because I can't think of it right the now. Theafternooner.fandom.com. Theafternooner.fandom.com. This is your legacy. I hope so. So long. Oh, sorry. That's not what I'm supposed to say. I'm <laughs> supposed to say. No, no, no. You say it. You say it. What does what does Robbie say? Until next time. Ah. Uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>